Welcome to Hungry Authors, the show for aspiring authors who will stop at nothing to accomplish their writing and publishing dreams. We're your hosts, Liz and Ariel, and we're honored that you're here. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Hungry Authors podcast. I am super excited to introduce our guest today. So it's funny because we have like been around each other in the same writing and writing coach circles for a long time, but this is our first chance to actually talk to each other, which we were kind of laughing about before we hit record. Ann Croker, thank you so much for being here, for joining us on the Hungry Authors Podcast. You have been a writing coach for a very long time. You have coached some of the writers that we know and love and work with as well. Um, and so I think, um, yeah, we're just super excited to to have you on. And actually, I need to say thank you too, because before we launched the Hungry Authors podcast, you gave us advice on how to do this. <laughs> so uh, your your legacy here, your thumbprint has been on this podcast for a long time, even though um, even though that was not explicit before now. Well, I'm glad you asked me on the show, and I'm glad that my information can help you get started because look at you now in a new season. Season three already, I know. And you've been podcasting for a long time too. Remind me the name of your podcast. And Kroger Writing Coach. It's about okay. as, <laughs> as straightforward as you can get. And I've been podcasting since 2014. Very clear branding, you know, <laughs> That's parallel. Right. I wish I could say it was some brilliant move on my part, but it was actually completely a tech thing and an accident. And it just, that's what happened. And it turned out to be, I think, to my advantage. Yep. And what I love about your your episodes too is a lot of them are just like short to the point and you just deliver a lot of impact in um, kind of a concise uh, package. And that's, it's super helpful. So thank you I'm for so doing that. so glad to hear that. That's my goal. I'm so glad that that's what you're seeing. I do do interviews from time to time, but yeah. obviously those go longer than the 15 minutes or whatever they end up being. But um, yeah, my goal is to get people inspired, encouraged, get them information, whatever they need, and then get them back to the keyboard. Yes. Okay. So let's start with a fun question. What is your favorite part about helping authors? Because you do so much. Oh, I love all of it. So I coach in a lot of different ways. So I'm not limited to book coaching. I help people if they just want to advance their skill, improve and level up with their writing. So that their craft is stronger. I can help with that. If they want to start become a uh, submitting to literary magazines. I can help with that. If they want to build a freelance business, I can help with that. So I'm just pulling along all of my background skills, training, all of that. And then if I'm able to help, I will. And so I, what I, what do I love about it? I love, I think I would just say that I love seeing the transformation that when they start where they start, the, the, the maybe the anxiety they're feeling or the nervousness or the frustration, and then they do things, they take action or whatever happens. And then they come out the other side changed. I love that. I mean, it's the same. And that's really the same thing that's pulsing in the heart of most authors as well. That's what they want to gift the reader. So I think we share that, that desire to see people transformed. And I just love that when I see clients transformed. That's awesome. I love hearing that. And I agree. That is the best part. Yeah. And of course we have great conversations. We laugh a lot. Um, we get creative. We try things. It's a lot of things are happening individually. And so I love the relationships as well. And among the many things that you do, one of them is helping authors build dun, 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 a platform. <laughs> so we talk a decent amount about platform around here because it's important and you need to have one, um, especially if you're going to traditional publish. But even if you're not, you need a distribution channel for your books. 
So let's get into platform by my asking you what might seem like a simple question, but everyone's answer is a little bit different to you. Like, what do you tell your writers a platform is like, what is a platform, especially for writers? So I have a writing community called your platform matters. And I, I purposefully use the word, even though everybody cringes, everybody, their fists ball up and they don't want to talk about it, think about it. They want, don't want to hear the word. And there are a lot of different reasons they don't want to hear the word. Um, and we could get into that later, perhaps thinking about why, but um, I use it because that's what the industry industry is using. That's what they're hearing. And so I'm not going to use a different word that they that they're not going to understand that this is what the goal of this community is, is to help you reach more readers. But if in there, I define it that way, that platform is all of the ways, all of the ways that you, as your author brand, reach and retain readers. And that's it. Simple as that. So author platform is all the ways that you, as your author brand, reach and retain readers. So it's a simple thing to say, but it involves a lot of things that we can unpack a little at a time if we wanted to. Um, and of course, I do it at length in, uh, in YPM. But all the ways is a reminder that it's not just social media. I think people just automatically go there because it's the most public place we see it. It's where a lot of the chatter about it happens. And I got to get my numbers up because it's the public facing ones. Um but it's all the ways. And there are lots of ways, some of which are private numbers that won't be seen by the public, but you can put on a book proposal yeah. and share with a decision maker or a gatekeeper. But you can also use that if you're going to self-publish or any, anytime your book is out, any kind of book, you have these people because all of those numbers are people, people who have said, hey, I'm interested in what so-and-so, let's just pretend like it's me. I am interested in what Ann Croker has to say, how she says it. I like, maybe it's listening to her podcast. Maybe it's following her on social media. Maybe it's subscribing to her newsletter. Or, you know, she sends these things out. I get a lot out of it. Or she says interesting things on the podcast. Oh, I found her on YouTube. Like wherever I am, or I came to, I have clients who are my clients because they came to a, a message where I spoke live. And so all of those are all of the ways, you know, just, well, those are just some of the ways. Uh, there are many ways that we can reach people. And then the retain, so there's the reaching of them. So where can we be found? And when we're found, we want to be found in a way that's related to our author brand, which will connect to the book that you're writing. Yeah. So like, for example, there was a, was a time that my um, family members could only be found by their running statistics in a race. You know, if you looked them up, you'd just find like how long it took them to run a half marathon um, or whatever they ran. And so you, that's, that's fine that you're findable online, but not in any way that's related to your author brand. So that's why I put that part in there is because we want to be findable and known online or in, in the world in some way that's related to your author brand. And then the retaining of people means that once they found you, once they started following you, listening to you, watching you, showing up at your events, whatever it is, they they don't unsubscribe. They don't um, leave. They don't think fooey that she's ridiculous. They found you and they were like, oh, she's interesting and I think I'll keep following her. So that's the retain part. Can you find people who are interested in who you are and what you say and how you say it? And then they stick around because they're like, this stuff's good. This stuff's exactly what I need right now. And so that's, that's how it all kind of fits together in the simplest way I think possible. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I've never heard it kind of broken out into those two pieces of reaching and retaining, but you're right. We need both of them. And I like that retaining really speaks to you're building a relationship here. And that's what ultimately, if you are wanting to write a book, that's what ultimately is going to help you the most is having a relationship with the people who will then want to buy your book because they know you already. There's a level of trust that has been established because they've already seen and you've already kind of proven yourself to them to some extent. So I I think that's really smart to kind of break it out into those two pieces. I'd never thought about it in in that way. Yeah, and and the the platform piece, these are all these people that you're enjoying. I hope you're enjoying interacting with them as much as they're interacting with you. So there's also just your engagement in whatever that means and the way that you're also pouring out, serving, you know, you're a part of their life and not just asking them to be a part of yours. And so it's, and it's not transactional necessarily, although maybe elements are like, you give me your email and I'll give you this guide or whatever it might be. But some of it's just like, Hey, I enjoy you. Yeah. I enjoy you too. I, I like what you're doing and saying, and it, can I help you in another way? I, I really feel like relationships are the key. Again, every number, every number that added up in your platform numbers, every one of those is a person who said, Hey, I'm going to say yes to you for now. And, and I just think that's an incredibly powerful thing. Like what a time to be alive that I can sit here in my office and I can literally with a click of a button on my phone or my keyboard, I can reach countless people across the globe. I have international listeners to my podcasts but in in surprisingly impressive numbers of people in other countries, like, really? Wow. That is amazing to me, especially since I, I really came of age and and entered adulthood and my writing life started pre-internet, pre all of this, you know? So this is just mind boggling boggling because I know a, a before and an after. Yeah. Yeah. I love all of that too, because it feels, um, not necessarily easy per se, but perhaps, energizing or at least more enjoyable. So often I have conversations with writers, mostly those who are working on proposals or want to get traditionally published that bump up into the platform thing from an agent or an editor or the internet or whoever. And then um, as we're working on the proposal, they start having conversations with me about like, ugh, like my social media is like not doing well. I hate doing it. Like I started, it's people even start whole podcasts they don't even want to be doing because Somebody told them it was a good idea. Platform. Wait, no, Ariel. Okay. <laughs> guys, Ariel just raised her hand. Oh, hold on. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> sidebar. Sidebar with my ghost. <laughs> you I do like it, hand. don't you? <laughs> I love doing it now, but I will yes. say, I'm, Liz, this is true for you too. So yeah, don't no, you you're right. I know because you heard me tell Kent that I would never, ever do a podcast. <laughs> Before never say never. Yes. yes. Before we decided to pursue a traditional book publishing thing for hungry authors, the book, the book was what our first dream was. And it was really Don Pape who, and Kent Sanders who encouraged us to do a podcast. And both of us at first were like, absolutely not. No. And we, they just kind of wore us down. Really. Don was like, look, you need something. <laughs> And we were like, shoot, I guess we'll do a podcast. And I will say now that we're doing it, I absolutely love it. And is one of the things I enjoy most in this, in my whole work. So I, I'm can glad I, it worked out I, that way. 
I'd love to interject something here because I think you're, you're, you're saying something really important here. So that often when I'm working with a client, uh, I will say, let's see what you enjoy, what you skills you have, and let's like lean into where you feel your, your strengths are. Like, let's start there. But what you just said, I think is so important too. Like, maybe there are things you can do that you haven't tried yet. Like, mm. maybe give it a try. Maybe you'll end up liking it. You know, maybe, yeah, and maybe I not. And so be open, like give it a trial run and then see what you think. And I think that is where people are often surprised. They don't think they'll like whatever that might be. And then once they get going, it's mostly because it's the unknown or it involves tech that they've never tried before. And there's like so many, as you know, a lot of moving parts to any, even a simple endeavor, if you've never done it before, could involve a lot of different things. You've got to get some equipment. You've got to learn how to do an, use an app. You've got to like, you know, know where to click on the screen. And like, there's a lot of things to figure out in addition to trying to deliver some valuable content, but you did it. And now it, you just said, it's one of my favorite things. So I, I hope that people hear that your listeners hear that and realize, wait a minute, like maybe I do need to stretch myself a little bit and just see, maybe there are new ways I could reach someone. Let me give you an example that you'll find probably entertaining. So literally decades ago, and that's saying something about my, my years of being a writer, um, pre everything, like I said, pre internet, pre everything, I was going to write my first book. I, I have a longer, more complicated uh, publishing story than that. But this would be this would be my first book to come out, um, written by me, with no co author. And I had a friend introduce me to a team of editors at a publishing house. And so we drove up to where that place was um, to meet with them. They agreed to meet with her, Emmy. Um, and then they met with me separate from her at a lunch place. It happened to be a sushi. I just, for the first sushi I'd ever had in my life, I didn't know how to eat sushi. So you're having a very, you know, important conversation, you know, with, you know, soy sauce dripping everywhere. So it's, it, that itself was extremely stress uh, um, inducing. But while we were having that conversation, the one of the people sitting there said, so are you willing to speak on this topic? It was a nonfiction book. And I said, you know, sushi dripping, well, so, so soy sauce dripping and thinking, I don't speak. I've never spoken. What are you talking about? <laughs> like my, I, I want to say no, but I know that the answer should be yes. <laughs> so I got to figure out how to be honest because I don't want to lie. And so I said, um, okay, so I have never spoken in public. I'm not a trained speaker, but I am friends with people who are. And if you feel like that's important, you know, I, I can look into that and I can make it something that I start doing. So I was, that was honest. And he said, um, the same impulse, this is paraphrased probably, but it's kind of a long time ago. Um, the same impulse that, that drove you to the page to write down this message. Wouldn't you want to reach people in every way possible, including speaking? You got me there. Okay, that person was Don Pape. You're Don oh, Pape. The same Don Pape. And so I did what Don Pape said. And I went out and I learned to speak and I started speaking and I ended up really enjoying it. It was something I never ever thought I could do or would enjoy. But I did some I tried something new because somebody that's the same person, the exact same person who nudged you to start a podcast because you got to do something. He said, you got to get on some stages. You got to deliver this message in as many ways as possible to reach as many people as possible. So essentially it's still talking about platforms, still talking about marketing. It's still these same kinds of terms, but I loved that heart that he, that vision or that 
yeah, vision, I guess, behind what what's driving you to write this book? Can you funnel that into other ways that you can also reach the readers? And and this is the thing that I think, again, amazing about like fast forwarding to today is that we have to usually at the time of signing a contract with a publishing house, you still have to wait a while, maybe a year and a half, maybe two years, depending on the timing of when your book is released. But I can start talking about these same ideas now instantly again, one click away, I can be encouraging people in the same way, the same heart that called me, you know, gave me that impulse to put it down on the paper. I can start um, sharing right now, mm. digitally and, and verbally and uh, on YouTube, on video, uh, vertical video, like all different ways I can be sharing these things in person on a stage, just like Don said all those years ago. Yeah. Wow. I love that as a reframe, because I think, like you've said, you know, authors and even Liz, before we got on Liz, you know, if you don't mind me sharing, you said mm -hmm. that the energy you're bringing to this conversation is that you're a little like tapped out on the whole conversation of platform because it's, it comes just as such a, a burden. It yeah. feels like a massive burden to most authors and most aspiring mm -hmm. writers. And so I love this idea of reframing it in our minds. And being able to approach it as number one, building a relationship and number two, sharing a message that we truly care about. Mm -hmm. And maybe number three is like having some openness towards experimentation because you never know what you're going to like. You might actually love some elements of building a platform and it may be a part of your a work that ends up giving you lots of life that you did not even anticipate. I love it. Yes. Well said. Reaching readers with a meaningful message right now in ways you maybe never tried before. What I hear authors saying so often is like, ugh, I'm doing this and I hate it. And number one, there are, like you said earlier, there are a lot of different ways to build a platform. So if you don't like TikTok, like don't do TikTok, do something else, you know? Um, although like the balance, like try it, don't write it off just because, you know, whatever gen z does it but <clears throat> try it and see if you like it but you know like i was telling my client the other day she was just coming to our call with such negative energy and it was all about platform yeah and she was even saying like you know we were well down the path of her proposal and she even said like why like if everyone's gonna turn me down because of platform like why am i even doing this right now like should i even be doing this like you know, she's like, I, I think I'm going to quit my podcast. I don't like doing that. No, my social media has been stuck at, you know, 200, whatever, forever. And, da, da, da. and um, you know, there's a lot like there's a lot more to that conversation. But I think part of it is like. If you hate doing this piece of it so much, try something else like bylines. Yeah, speaking different form there are different like modes of social media they're like blogging threads private podcast i mean there's all kinds of things like audio visual writing all different kinds of things that you can be doing um that you don't have to like hate platform building and not that everyone does i'm sure there are people out there who like really like platform building i mean half the reason why i really love my entrepreneur clients because they're like great at this they like it mm -hmm. they don't mind it it's in their dna and that's great but a lot of us who identify first and foremost as a writer this feels weird to us and we don't always like it and i've just been um yeah like ariel said it it 
feels the conversation I have been having a lot with my clients is to them it feels like a burden and I wish the message was more like do you like what do you like your book title or topic rather do you like talking about that do you like helping people that's all we're trying to do find a way to do that that is somewhat public and and draws people to you you don't have to be on instagram anyway okay and what's your reaction to all of that <laughs> i think it's all great um i i because i think you're right we can there are so many different ways to go about it so i i love what you just said about how if you're not if you hate it for sure like reframe re readjust you know mm -hmm. stop that at least for now and go find something else that you do enjoy um, again, finding, I think we have to find a lot of people talk about this, but it's really true. If you don't know why, why mm -hmm. am I writing this book? Why do I care about these readers? Why if we don't know our why, like that's a good place to start to find the motivation to do yeah. something that feels a little scary. Like maybe you're, you don't like it cause it's like kind of new and scary, or maybe do what you guys did, bring somebody else into it. So you're not just doing it alone. And like, I don't know, maybe this isn't working. I don't really like it. And a lot of it's just self-doubt. Um, overwhelm with all the things too. So I, you know, maybe some of it's going to be streamlined for the next quarter. See how that feels if you streamline a little bit. But I love how you listed all the different ways. Are you more like, well, I would have said yes to this, by the way, before that conversation with Don Pape. But are you more like, are you a writer first, words first? I just love the word. Okay, let's go with that. And you mentioned things like bylines, start submitting to all kinds of people. And I have one client right now uh, who is trying to beat what was her number i can't remember her number it might have been a hundred reject rejections she's trying to hit a big number of rejections in hopes of getting a few acceptances because she read that lit hub article from long ago yeah i know exactly yeah. what you're talking about that and and so she's like playing years. the game yeah. like you've mm -hmm. got to get in there and play the game in some way right and and she's turning it into a game not that we have to gamify everything but like that's what she's turned it into to then re reframe the rejections even it's like ooh got another one uh because that's maybe on my way to another acceptance and plus you're you're shipping more material you're getting used to new ways of expressing yourself you're probably becoming a better writer especially if you're getting some in input along the way with the with the rejections might come a little editorial input or encouragement maybe they'll give you some ideas and you'll become a little bit better or if you get a yes in there somewhere you'll get some editing of your work and they'll, you'll see, oh, I see how they made it better. And so you'll learn along the way. So that's a, a words first approach. So yeah, look for all the ways you can do that. Guest posting, um, bylines, uh, op-eds. Those are just a few of the ways you can start yourself a sub stack uh, in addition to working on SEO, like go all in with SEO at your own website. Um, and also sub stacks working on SEO too, but over at your own website, like that's what happened to me. I joked earlier about the accidental and Croker Writing Coach podcast, like it was totally a mistake because that was the the name of my, anyway, it was tile tied together with my website, Ann Croker Writing Coach. And um, the feed was pulling in the name of it. And I didn't understand where to host it, blah, blah, blah. I won't bore you with the tech details. But what that ended up being, and I had no idea in 2014 what was happening, but Google was saying, hey, this Ann Croker and the word writing coach seem to be going together a lot. <laughs> Bye. both there at my website I'm sorry on my podcast and on YouTube and on literally everything I published on my website so then I was writing about writing I was writing about coaching I was writing about writing coaching I was writing about writing coach and all these things were playing into the algorithm so that now I think I come up pretty high in organic searches because of this this is my some people call it your what's your unfair advantage it's not a bad question to ask yourself what's your unfair advantage 
Um, do you come like re with relationships and your network is your unfair advantage? Well, and one, one of mine is I have somewhat of a network, but more importantly, I have this SEO advantage for writing coach. I just happened to have accidentally done that. Like I said, I wish I could say it was all sorts of strategy involved. Um, but anyway, that's where if you are words first, words is what drives you first. Like just try every, everything you can to signal to the algorithm uh, or, or the search engines, their algorithm, to connect you to words related to things in the book. And then in time, this is playing a long game, but in time, if you do this enough, and there are really simple ways to go about this. You don't, you don't have to pay somebody to help you with SEO. Like just start making a list of all the terms related to what you're trying to talk about. And literally like make a list of articles to write that use that key phrase or key word and write it in a natural way that a human would really find in a search and enjoy when they get there, like, or appreciate when they get there. And that would be a words first. If you're a speaker first, okay, let's start listing all the ways, right? YouTube, YouTube shorts. Um, if you're doing YouTube shorts, just ship it out in all the vertical video places. Okay. That's going to be reels, the YouTube version of reels, whatever they call that story, I guess, uh, stories, there would be TikTok, And you might as well, if you edit it, I, I just listened to a podcast on this. They say, yeah, okay, maybe it will not it will impact the reach a little bit, but isn't it better to have it there versus not having it there? And maybe you'll reach 10 more people because it was there instead of not there. And so they said, just edit it outside of, in an agnostic place like CapCut or InShot or something, uh, edit your vert vertical videos. And then you can download those to your phone and upload them in all the places boop, 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 and add the captions and things using the native functionality. I'm getting in the weeds. My point is that um, you could, easily show up in all the places just with one video if you're comfortable talking on video. So you've got, you can have horizontal video on a YouTube. You could be um, do vertical video. You can speak in person. And I would say concentrate locally. Uh, do everything locally, regionally, like draw a big circle around your city. How far am I willing and able to drive right now? Um, but then, you know, just a one day event what would, am I willing to do? So some people like I can fly, whatever, I've got the resources. And some people like, I can only drive a few, I, I've got kids, I, life's too complicated. I got to get back to get in the pickup line. So draw that circle and say, I will reach all of the libraries and I will speak depending on your topic. Like I will reach out to all the businesses and see if, what the, if they have a lunch and learn. And I will talk, I will pitch this to their HR department. I will pitch this to all the librarians and just, and, and you can go within the same, sometimes within the same, um, like what, like you have the one district or whatever they call it with the library system where they have different branches. You can actually pitch to different branches even, and just let them know, like, I'm going to be speaking at the main branch. I wondered if you'd be interested in having me in on this same topic for your people. And, um, usually they plan in advance. So again, you're planning in advance, but these are all ways that you can get in front of people and use your, like, it doesn't take that much to research how to write a press release, write a press release for every one of those events. And then see if you can get that into the newspaper, the local papers, the small papers, onto the radio stations. And maybe you could get a morning segment on TV. If you're already uncomfortable in front of people, go ahead. You will might get a yes from the producer. They'll, you'll probably find out right, really fast. So be ready. Be camera ready. <laughs> be ready with your nice clothes all pressed because they might say, yes, can you come on tomorrow morning? Can you come on today? <laughs> Whatever. Um, and like you show up and you get all worked up and you have to speak in sound bites. You can't do what I'm doing right now. You can't just plow in with like a whole big speech. Um, you have to speak in little sound bites and it's literally five minutes. So don't get too worked up. Just have your have your points. You pitch an idea. It's like a if you're pitching a magazine magazine article, you pitch an idea to the producer. 
or in a few cases, we didn't know who the producer was. I mean, there is LinkedIn, you can look around, but um, with a few searches, you should be able to find your local um, syndicate. And then, so your local ABC station and their morning show. And then guess what? You've got social proof now. You can put it on your website that you appeared on ABC channel. So anyway, those are some ideas that kind of start with the words first or the speaking first. They give you all kinds yes. of ideas and you don't have to do them all. I know that happens a lot. I get excited. Can you tell? And people are like, what? So fire hydrant, Anne, I can't do all of that. I'm not saying to do all that. I'm just giving you a list of ideas. What do you think? Pluck one of those and just see, does any yeah. of those sound interesting? Try one. Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean, there, there is a lot to it. Um, and I just want to say that for those listening to this, if you're like, oh my gosh, going on TV, that sounds insane. And I don't know even how I would prepare for that or think about that or pitch that go back and listen to season two. We talked to mm -hmm. Paula Rizzo who mm -hmm. does exactly that. And so she's got some incredible advice. Go back and listen to that episode. I forget what number it is, but we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Anyways, she's got a great course. I don't know if it's always open, but she's got a great course about author publicity too. It is a lot of work to do all of that. It takes a lot of work to, you know, to pitch yourself in all of those different places. If that's what you want to do, whether you are kind of driven by speaking or writing or however you want to build your platform, how do you help authors or how do you advise authors on how to balance the writing work and continuing to hone their craft as a writer and the platform work? Because there are they are both work. And especially if you are creating in the cracks, as um, our mutual friend Meredith Height Estevez likes to say, if you are, you know, if you've got these small, small margins of time that you can devote to doing one of those things, how do you help authors kind of decide where to place their energy and their resources? That's a great question because you do need to also deliver an excellent product. Yeah. Your writing has to be excellent. The book has to be uh, delivered in a way that makes sense for the reader that's going to make them want to turn that page to highlight things on the page and to share it out in social media and all that. So you do need to deliver an excellent product. So yeah, it's a great question to ask. And so the, the balance is, if you build it, you cannot assume people will come like the old, uh, the old saying from the movie. That's what we used to be able to do. Back in the day, long ago, you could write a great book and let the publishing team and the marketing team and the publicists on staff at the publishing houses, let them do all the work and you can sit down and write your next great book. Uh, but it's not like that anymore. It really isn't. And they are relying on you to bring this value to the relationship and it's a business relationship. So what are you bringing? You're bringing a valuable product, a book, and you're bringing the number of people that you believe you can reach with this, uh, when the book comes out, you can let them know about it and they might buy it. And like, there's a good chance they'll buy it because they've been following you. Okay. So that's what a platform is, right? It's a future marketing in terms of this discussion. Um, it's people you're helping right now and that you enjoy, but down the road, that's the idea. That's what the publishers are looking for. Like, these are people that when you, when the book comes out, you can say, Hey, there's a book. Are you interested? Tell your friends that they might do it. Like there's a good chance that a large portion of them will do it. Okay. So yes, we have to write a great book, but we need people. We need to tell people, people we can tell that this book exists. And guess what? They're going to be so invested in this if you kind of do two things at the same time. And this is the magic that I believe where if we can get creative in how we do this, you have an opportunity to test your ideas 
all the time, every single day. And nobody necessarily needs to know exactly what's happening. I talked to Jennifer Dukes Lee one time. Um, I interviewed her for an event and she was saying, oh yeah, if you just look out there, like 90% of the authors I know are testing their ideas every single day on social media for future books. So you could be working on your craft because I think if you tr take it seriously, like not in a serious way, but like if every caption you see as an opportunity to work on your craft and put it together, like in a way that pleases you from a, a writing perspective, that's writing practice every single day, right in front of you, one click away. It also is a chance for you to kind of play with the idea. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily it's verbatim what you're going to go put in chapter eight of your book. I mean, it almost could be, but um, it, but it can be an idea that you're playing around with, maybe a story that you plan to tell in the subsection of chapter five, and you want to kind of like get, see if that resonates with people. Of course, you always want to hold back a few little surprises for the book, but it gives you a chance to test the ideas and see how do people who are like the people that I want to reach with the book later, and hopefully that's the author brand, like hopefully you've attracted people who will want this kind of book versus the people who are interested in your running stats, right? From that earlier reference. So you want to, that's the author brand. So, oh yeah, these are the kind of people who would want a book like this. So I can test it on them now. And you can do all kinds of things. You can A-B test on Pinterest um, uh, quotes, quote cards and see how they fly. Um, you could you could just throw out some ideas on Instagram to see what the reaction is. You could spin it in a different format same ideas, maybe first it's a carousel post and next it's a reel and just see that maybe they didn't get it with the carousel post because the algorithm didn't give it to them, but maybe they did on the reel and you can compare it to other reels to see how people are responding, etc. So my point is you can be writing the book, literally writing the book with those little cracks of time and say, ah, oh, I'm going to test that idea today on social media and see how it goes. Or, ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch that as a, as a message to my local college where I think they were asking for people to, uh, outside speakers to speak to their marketing class or whatever. Like there are so many things we could creatively do based on the, the connections we have and the instinct we have to, to lean into our strengths or take risks that we're willing to take. Does that make sense? That's beautifully put. Yeah, and especially for those looking to traditionally publish, one of the best things you can have is some sort of proof of concept already. You know, even if you're going to sell for hybrid publish, like proof of concept are great. And one of the best ways to get proof of concept is, you know, you don't have to like go mega, mega viral, but have some sort of a, a social media post, a quick video, a blog post, a byline, like, you know, kind of pop off or get more attention than your usual ones do. Like something that is pointing you towards the right, you know, on the right track. And, you know, if it does well enough, something you can show to an agent or an editor and say like, you know, this, this thing I did, like it really hit a nerve. It got a hundred thousand views. Like this is really speaking to people, you know, like, and the only way you do that is you test things. And what happens when you test things is you do a decent amount of stuff that decent amount of stuff that doesn't really resonate, you know, and that's okay. Like, or it resonates, but you know, it doesn't really strike a nerve in the way that that something else does. But you only get there by by putting stuff out there and seeing what happens. Well, one of my and, favorite. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. One one of my favorite quotes from Ryan Holiday's book Perennial Seller is when he says. Um, oh, is that where you're going to? I was literally going to quote it. You probably could quote it better. Go oh ahead. My gosh. Well, I don't know if we're thinking of the same quote, but <laughs> I was thinking where he says that creative people naturally have produced a lot of false positives. Yeah. And that's that where I see, you know, this idea, Liz, that you're talking about that 
creative people, you kind of have to throw spaghetti against the wall for a long time and see what sticks. And I love that he says that creative people naturally produce a lot of false positives. Yes. And that's, That's you have to kind of view those as, as good things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Go ahead. And you finish your thought. Well, this, I think, I think this is a little, a different spin, but it is Ryan holiday. He said that before it's a book, it should be an article. And before it's an article, it should be a dinnertime conversation. And that we need to make sure that like these ideas are landing. Are they making sense? Are people interested in them at all? If the, you know, of course around the dinner table, maybe those people aren't your target readers, but the point is test it small before you go big. And Mm -hmm. Pat Flynn talks about, will it fly? You got to test these ideas in small before we go big, because what if we spend all those months, years uh, developing a book idea and then we didn't do that little bit of testing that was like literally a click away and yeah. nobody knows like, what? I don't know. I don't understand it. Well, you can clear that up if you start testing now. Look that they're not getting that story. I must, the analogy must not make sense. Or, you know, you get to solve these problems in advance. And that's again, like we were talking about which, whichever publishing path you take, that mm-hmm. it pays to do certain things. Well, Dan Pink said in a in conversation with Jeff Goins, which of course you know him personally, um, he said that he loves to do book proposals for books because it forces him, it's that proof of concept, like, is yeah. this going to work? Mm-hmm. Is is it a book? Or maybe it is just an article. Maybe he can see right. right there, there's not enough here for a book. I don't have enough to fill this out. It's just an idea that's interesting, but it's not interesting enough with enough meat to it to become a book. So he, he does uh, many book proposals for books that never become books and that's yeah. how he goes through the process of testing an idea him, just himself on his own oh I did not know that but I I love Dan Pink that's very cool I'm gonna have to look up that that interview and hear hear that because I yeah that's fascinating so we've mentioned we've kind of talked around social media a lot social media is part of building a platform but obviously not the whole thing but this is social media in particular is where I personally have not been feeling a lot of positive energy in those spaces lately. All of the, you know, chaos with Twitter and slash X and then threads, you know, suddenly popped up on our, on our radar and was like, now you have to do this thing called threads. And then there's Instagram, which is, you know, just so algorithm driven. And there's it feels so hard to kind of engage authentically in those spaces for me. And I'm curious, you know, like with all of the changes with social media, it has struck me recently that like, is, or I guess the question is like, is it even worth continuing to invest in those spaces because it can change so fast and, you know, you could get kicked off of X at Elon Musk's whim. You could, you know, lose everything. All of those platforms could disappear overnight and just everything would be gone. Um, how do you think about that part of it? Cause that, that keeps me up at night a little bit. I have so many questions for you oh, actually, okay. <laughs> cause you were saying here's threads and now we have to use words like mm. have to. And you said, mm. you know, I, you sound, there was a lot of that negative, like yeah. weight, the weight of it. Yes. Um, like, I feel like I, there's a obligation to, so let me just say to you and everybody who's listening, you do not have to be on social media. You don't. Yeah. It's just there if you want to use it. So I just want you to, I want to say that up front. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so go, go find the other things we've been talking about. Go yeah. write a Substack or, and you don't like Substack. Okay. Go, you know, like, um, 
what else? There are others. There are some uh, ghosts and, and one of them's going on under. I just heard tiny letter, I think, uh, that was around for a long time. That might not oh. be the right name, but okay. they I think that might be going under. Anyway, go yeah. find one that you feel like you can have fun with. Go yeah. do something else. Speak on a stage. Start a podcast. Go do YouTube. By the way, I, I just want to insert this too. YouTube is a great place to be found. People are searching oh, on YouTube true. and YouTube and Google it owns YouTube. And so therefore it will show up in searches. So if you can, again, do that SEO thing in the description and talk yeah. about a topic here, embed it in the post over there, that can be a way to really rise up fast. So anybody bold enough to get on video, you can see some big payoffs on that. I didn't say anything about social media, did I? Right? Unless you count <laughs> YouTube as social media. I guess you could argue that it is kind of a social media. But that my point being, yeah, you can just let go of it and focus on the things that you enjoy. So how does that feel so far to you, Ariel? Good. I mean, I I get that. I think the honestly, I think when it comes down to it, I'm just like, I, I don't like the idea of doing all of this hard work. And it feels like it's really for someone else's benefit. Like it's these companies that are profiting off of my data and my, mm -hmm. you know, my efforts to build a platform there and to get more eyeballs on my content actually benefit. I mean, it benefits me to some extent, but I have to work incredibly hard and yet they actually get more benefit on the back end, which bothers me to some extent. And then the idea that it could all disappear overnight. I don't like that. These are good questions and um, important ones, very important because it's coming down to your values, morals, and ethics. And you need to feel like you can stand with confidence and integrity uh, that I'm going to do these things and feel good about it. Like I've made my decision based on these reasons yeah. one way or another. Like I can't do it anymore. I'm done with this because it doesn't align with my values, my ethics, and my morals. So I think these are important filters or criteria to run that through. And so it's not, it's not an automatic that we have to or ought to do any of those things. Yeah. So just to kind of for a moment entertain the other side, which is, hey, these things exist that are um, opportunities that can, can get you in front of at least some people. And so why not try? But you're right. It's, it could be totally uh, stripped away, taken away. The algorithm would shift and all that. Can we, I'm saying things we all know. We've all heard it. We've had these conversations. So things can change turn on a dime to use one of those idioms, but it's, and it's true. They can, I would say, make your decision that you feel good about, like being on a platform you feel good about. And if you don't feel good about it, go find another platform and don't do it at all. Like build it in a different way. But mm -hmm. I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere, pre internet. And it was very isolating. It was, it had pros, it had cons, but like the con is, you know, like, uh, there's a um, police song message in a bottle um, where he he's like all alone. He's like writes yeah. this bottle, uh, writes this note, puts it in a bottle, throws it out to sea. Like, guess nobody will ever hear. That's it. And yeah. then a thousand a million bottles wash upon the shore and he realizes he's not alone after all. I'm not alone and being alone. And that's kind of how it felt like I really identified with the, those lyrics. Mm -hmm. And then the Internet came around and like, hey, you too. Like it was a place where we could start to find people who have similar struggles and similar interests. And, you know, there's obviously the negativity and the dark side of that, but there's also the positivity and the bright side and the light that we can bring. And the and the, the light is attracted to other light too. We can find like-minded people and uh, collaborate and communicate and, you know, connect. And that's what it was originally, the original concept was, you know, a network of people mm -hmm. who could 
connect some in LinkedIn. It's more for business uh, and, and Facebook, the original Facebook. It was like, hey, we can all get together and talk about things, uh, like college things back in the early, earliest days. And so if you feel like you can ethically, morally, and within your personal values, commit some time to that and say, yeah, I'm going to share some of my ideas there. Um, save them somewhere else so that if it all goes away, you've got the content living somewhere else that you own or that you control. Maybe it's on a Word document on your computer. Like literally every caption, you're like, I really like that caption. Write it there first and it's there. And then if mm -hmm. Instagram goes down forever, guess what? All that, those lovely captions are captured somewhere else. So it went down, but your content didn't go down. And you can post it again next year because nobody's paying that much attention. So. <laughs> yeah, you can. It's true. Are these places where I could be a place where my intended or, or ideal reader is? In my case, probably not that many people, like a lot of novelists, young novelists are on TikTok. So if I were a book coach for genre fiction, especially younger aspiring authors or, or new authors or people who are like transitioning from maybe self-publishing to like that might be a place I would want to spend some time. There still might be plenty of people I can help because a lot of people are on TikTok right now, mesmerized. Um, and that's what a lot of people I know, if you're listening, I am acting as if I am scrolling mindlessly with my finger because that's what happens on TikTok and Reels. We kind of get going in that sort of uh, vacant stare, you know, watching, laughing a little and whatnot. And it is kind of, I mean, how is that different from surfing the, you know, when we used to channel surf just out of boredom? Sometimes our brains need a little break from creating or problem solving. Sometimes it is nice just to receive. Um, anyway, be that as it may, I think your audience might not be on BookTok or TikTok. And therefore, BookTok is, by the way, just a hashtag within TikTok. Um, but um, maybe you don't need to worry about that one. But at the same time, if you made that vertical video, pop it up there, see what happens. Yes. yes, you always know that you're going to have a moment when the coach says, actually, I have some questions for you about that. Right. It's going to reflect it back. Yeah. Do, what do you think, Ariel? Are you going to yeah. try something? What are you feeling about social media now? <laughs> and actually, I do wonder, does it make you think any differently? Or are you right? You're still pretty, pretty. Um, um, and that's well, still sort I of bleh. I appreciate the reminder to, to think about my values and ethics and morals in this conversation. Um, because it is, I, I haven't been thinking about it kind of through that lens, but I have just been feeling this residual blah about mm -hmm. social media and feeling like that's just not where I'm feeling a lot of energy in my own writing and, and not where I want to be devoting a lot of my time going forward. So I need to think more about like how, how that may be a reflection of like something that might be feeling not in congruence with my values maybe. Um, and that's why I'm feeling that lack of energy or excitement around it. Um, so I think I need to do some more reflection, honestly, about that. And I will, because that's what, you know, I've got some time dedicated for, but, um, you know, I do love my newsletter and I love, um, I love putting a lot of energy there. I, I put a lot of time there every single week. And, um, so I've just been thinking about, you know, how to be more efficient with my time too where it's going to also yield the greatest results and have the impact that I want it to have. Um, so that's kind of where, where I'm thinking about. And so I don't know that I have an answer right now, but um, I'm going to do more reflecting on that because I appreciate that. That's really good. What you just 
said at the end there, what's the biggest return? Like it's that ROI, which is they use in marketing a lot, which is your return on investment, the investment of my time, energy, resources, um, just all of that, the way we're talking about that, that kind of deadened feeling that you are expressing and you're hearing from others. Like, how can we, there's something negative happening. So that's more of like a return on energy. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm expending energy and getting nothing back apparently, you know? So maybe it means, I'm all done with social, but maybe it means there's a different way to approach social that could make it a little more fun. And that's where I'm like, Hey, I'm very much like, Hey, let's try something new. Uh, Let's just shake it up. Let's mix it up. And I, I'm always, uh, that's all always just an experience. It's an experiment. It's a playground. It's a sandbox. Let's just have some fun. And just like, let's, I think we need to shake out all this tension that we're feeling. Yeah. You know, and it's like, don't Mm -hmm. do it for the platform. Do it for the person who like, you might make laugh today. Do it for the right. person who's like, show they're showing up sad and you're like, you know what, I'm going to come alongside you like Brene Brown and empathize, like, because I know what that feels like. Maybe you're there, you know what I mean? Like, maybe it's showing up in a way that just, it's not about, I don't have to worry about the agent today. I just need to worry about like helping yeah. somebody today. Yeah. And we also just want to, this popped into my head and I want to make sure I say it, which is mm-hmm. don't forget your part in showing up in somebody's thread uh, and I don't mean threads. I just mean like a comment section, leaving a comment. So in, um, I have this freebie, but I can tell you right now, you don't need the freebie to get it, um, which is 10, four plus two. It's a way to um, show up on social media as a participant. And so you go on your, the one that you like, if you have any that you like, <laughs> maybe you don't have any that you like, so forget the whole thing. But if you have <laughs> one, in one place, let's pick, let's just pick Instagram. It just doesn't sound like it's your favorite, but let's pick Instagram. So go on Instagram and then you could go visit your friends, like rather than trusting the algorithm to just start delivering your things, you could go to somebody that, you know, you generally like their stuff, look them up and go to them and then see what they've written in the last few or few days, weeks. And then, okay. Oh, I like that one. So like is it one of the 10. So try to so okay. try to hit at least 10 of the reactions you're allowed on that platform. So on Instagram, it would be the most obvious one is a like. Okay, so 10, I'm done. I can be done. Oh, wait, there's the four, 10, four. What's the four? It's 10, four, good buddy, right? Okay, because we're trying to build relationships and interact with people and connect. So 10 likes or reactions of some kind that are uplifting and positive because they're genuine. You yeah. genuinely appreciated what they had to say. Four. Leave four meaningful comments, more than a couple of good job kinds of uh, comments. So a a couple of sentences, up to Mm -hmm. three sentences, four sentences, something like that. So you're saying something meaningful in response that's basically saying, hey, I read what you wrote or I saw what you were saying. And here's what I I say based on my reaction, my honest, real human reaction, because that's why we're, I mean, that's why I like to be there. Um, I'm not playing the game. I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying interacting right. with people. So, and the four, just the 10, four plus two just reminds me to go show up for people, for them. And so the leave four meaningful comments. And then the two is go find two new people to follow. So if you want to be real strategic about it, you could co- co- kind of like, I'll say up. I don't mean that in like, they're better than us or anything like that, but just maybe a few people with more followers than you, like go follow someone like that. Who's kind of in your sphere in some mm-hmm. way, they might be adjacent to what you're doing, or they might be s- uh, smack in the middle of what you're doing too. Like I could follow another writing coach or I could follow an editor. An editor would be adjacent to what I'm doing. Another writing coach would be smack in the middle. Like I want to encourage them too, because the world is big enough for all writing coaches to help lots and lots of people. So I'm, I feel no threat. I want to do go and encourage them. 
I don't know how they'll view it. Sometimes I wonder about that. Like, how will they view it if I follow them? But I don't worry about that. If I want to follow them, I do. So I, I can follow them. And then you could also go, you know, up here, or you could go, I, I'll say down again. I don't mean that there's anything, they're not under you or anything, but just somebody with fewer followers. And again, they're in your, they're in your space in some way or adjacent to it. And you do that 10, four plus two every day for a couple of weeks. I think you're, you'll see some growth, but if nothing else, I think you'll have some fun. Yeah, that. that's awesome. I love always bringing it back to fun because something that's, that I can get a little too wound up in every now and then is especially because I, um, you know, whatever, probably just consume too much information about how to do it all like right, you know, um, but they're like, okay, on TikTok, you want to have a hook, you want to put your words here, you want to make sure you're, you are doing something, you can't just sit there and look at the camera, you got to be like, whatever, pouring your coffee, you got to be moving around. TikTok is a visual platform. Don't look like crap, get, dry, you know, whatever. Like it's just, there's so much. And I'm like, ah, I got to remember, am I doing my hook? Am I doing, you know, whatever. But it's like, I like to talk about writing. I had an interesting thought about writing today. I'm just going to like put my camera right here and like say it, you know, like, are you many, doing that? What? No, not right now. That? But like, I mean, no. like, but I mean, are you in general doing that? Or do I'm you, trying do you, to do it more. Okay. Like when I am my best self, my TikToks are just that. Like I just had yeah. a thought more or less. And, you know, and I like put the, put it up and just like say it, you know, and I, I know love it. Lines and stuff like it's good to have a headline that's kind of catchy. Like I get that. But, um, but in general, like, you know, and, and it's not to say that learning about hooks and topics and trending things isn't it can't be helpful, but if you find it overwhelming, like I often do, like there's this checklist that has to be right whenever I want to show up, like, you know, that's not true. And by the way, you can always find exceptions. Like anytime I hear people saying like, this is why your videos suck, or you have to be doing these things. I can always go find plenty of creators who are not doing those things and they are doing just fine. Like Ariel and I like have said before, like um, James Clear, I think, or Adam, no, it's Adam Grant. He has like, hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers. How often have you heard that Instagram is a visual platform? You have to have aesthetics on Instagram. It's a visual platform first. Adam Grant, I mean, you can go check. I might be wrong about this, but to my knowledge, he has never posted anything other than a screenshot of his tweets. That's all he posts on Instagram. And people love it. And I'm like, look, okay, maybe Instagram is a visual platform, but like this guy's just doing what he likes. He's tweeting things and he's taking pictures of those tweets and he's putting them other places and it's working just fine. So like, yeah, anyway. Um, don't well, over don't know. overthink it. I think that you're right. That is that is so important that we do not look at others and say, oh, I'm doing it all wrong or I got to do it just like that and break it down. I think there's something to be said for uh, just, I bet you teach this in your um, book mapping thing, which is to go analyze what other people are doing to try to understand how did they put this idea together? Yeah. How did they put this book together? Mm -hmm. In what order? Hmm, how did they, they did this idea before that idea? Would I want to do them idea before that? So in the same way, I think kind of reverse engineering anything is actually instructive, but yeah. not if it's going to shut you down and not if you think that's the only way to do it. Right. And 
uh, like take that clue from Adam Grant that at least on Instagram, he's just it's sort of like what I was saying about vertical video. Like if you already have a vertical video, like throw it up on TikTok and see what happens. Yeah. I think that's like, is it possible? I don't know him. Like he's just like, you know, a New York Times bestselling author. I don't know him personally, but like maybe he he has already achieved a level of success. So he's got that right. advantage. So it's unfair to compare ourselves to him. Um, but if we were able to have that conversation with him, I wonder if he would say, oh yeah, no, I just throw it up there just to see, you know, so someone's there. Like static pictured carousels of TikToks do really well, like yeah. with thousands of reshares and likes and stuff, you know? Um, yeah. So who's I, Yeah, I love it. I think just being like, you feel like doing something like I have a, um, like what if you just wanted to do spoken word poetry and you just wanted to try it because you do poetry slams, like, well, why not try it? <laughs> yeah. why not or, like, by the way not that many. okay I will admit that I haven't done this yet but it is on my list of things to start trying out because I saw somebody um uh in a Clutes, she's a memoirist um she did this like over a year or two ago she doesn't do it anymore but she um would just read go live and read her blog posts like that's all she did she wrote a blog post and then she would go live on Instagram and that would save. So like, if you're like, like I actually would, you know, a year or two ago, I don't know if I ever caught one live, but like I would be getting ready in the morning and I would just find one of her old, you know, from like a week or two ago readings and like, just watch her read her blog post live. Cause it was like more interesting than just actually reading on the page and she's a beautiful writer and it was like 15 minutes worth of a anyway my point is like all she really did i mean she had to show up and read it but but she she liked to write so she wrote it and then she just read it and then she probably did that like posted that video on like all the platforms you know and so like again i haven't actually tried this myself but that's appealing to me because i like writing so maybe just read it and put it somewhere and see you know like how there's a ton of people on right. twitter who i mean um TikTok who actually do something similar. They are like spoken word put. Now they will often put it over a montage of them like going and getting coffee and you know doing the visual part of it. But you don't have to. Like I liked I liked just watching Anna sit at her computer and read it. I don't know why. I like <laughs> me, you know, like and I actually do have a real affinity for being read to. Like mm. I always am trying to get my husband to read to me out loud and he doesn't really like to. And <laughs> But anyway, I love to like be read to like, I don't know if it like reminds me of being a child. But anyway, I'm just saying, it's an idea. I love it. I love it. So like part of what I'm hearing is that you're like, I look at her and I see a way to do it. I never would have thought of on my own. Maybe mm -hmm. I would try that. Maybe I actually would try that myself. Okay, so that was one way you could look at it. Another way is to say, hey, maybe we can just do it our way. Like, right. maybe you love making vision boards. And so some of your videos are literally you cutting out little things in a magazine while you're talking. Right. Uh, right. But I think what I'm hearing you say too, and I noticed that this woman, uh, you'll know who I'm talking about. All I can think of is her first name, A-I-M-E-E, -E, Amy. And she goes by Inspired to Write on mm -hmm. Instagram. And she literally would just like, it'll, it would either be her writing on a piece of paper or holding up a sign with it already written on there. And I would say 98% of her posts were that. And then she started like exploding because she was saying a lot of things that people 
enjoy or appreciate hearing who are artists like, you know, go make your art and don't worry about what other people think. It was that kind of theme over and over again, said different ways. So literally the same message almost every single time with different words, sometimes swear words, which is fine. That was part of her thing, right? That's part of her author brand is showing up really raw and saying, look, you can do it. You can, you can just go create the thing. And people were loving it. They were gobbling it up and they could not wait for the next sign. It was literally going to look just like the sign before it. Then she starts doing audio and she does exactly what you just described. She would, she would take a video. She'd have her camera up taking a picture of her looking, I assume at her computer screen. And so you'd see an angle of her kind of to the side as she's talking and she'd have a regular microphone and she's just reading. Like, so you're just getting a, a reel of her reading a portion of something. And I'm like, all that work I put into YouTube looking at the camera and I could have just been looking at the screen, but not, maybe not. Maybe what works for her won't work for me, but I could try. Yeah. But I think, too, so there's something to say, get inspiration for somebody else and try something that yeah. you liked, you liked that, you responded to that. Like, I liked that as a viewer. So pe maybe people who follow me would also like that if I did something similar without copying yeah. entirely, but something that was, in, uh, you know, in the same vein, because yes. we don't want to copy other people. But at the same right. time, like maybe that also the message is, look, I can just do something that comes into my mind that feels like me. And yeah, we'll see if exactly. Maybe it'll work. Yeah. And yeah. not overcomplicate. I mean, this will be the last thing I say. I don't mean to turn this into like a whole TikTok conversation, but I was thinking critically the other day about, and these aren't writers, but some of the biggest people I follow on TikTok are influencers. Like I think they would consider themselves job title wise, like social media influencers. And most of their content involves like day in the life type stuff, outfit of the day type stuff, vlogs, you know, like they get out of bed Clearly, they set up their tripod, they get back in bed, the first shot is them like waking up and then they go and they make their coffee and then, and I watch these things all day long. It's the same thing over and over again. Like, but I, and, and, and so do millions of other people, by the way, because they have like, each of them has like 3 million people um, following them. And it's just the same thing over and over again. And every morning I'm like, huh, I'll go watch Avery's vlog. It's, I wonder what she did today. She did the same thing she did yesterday. Guess what? I'm going to watch it till the end. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> it's like, my point is like, if you find something that works, like she clearly likes to do it. I clearly like to watch it. So does other people. So if people want to um, talk about their social media, you know, woes or their platform building ick or whatever they, they've got going on, or just talk about writing craft with you and benefit from your incredible wisdom and very insightful questions. <laughs> what is the best way for them to do that? Thanks for asking. Uh, they can go to Ann Croker. If you can spell my last name, it's K-R-O-E-K-E-R -E -E and it's Ann with no E. AnnCroker.com or more specifically, go to AnnCroker.com slash everything. This everything page has all the ways you can work with me, both free and paid, including one-to-one -one if you want to meet with me, kind of like we are today and ask specific questions of me. You'll also find out information about your platform matters and we'd love to have you in our community there as well. Oh, that's so smart having an everything page. Good, uh, I know. good little tip for, for everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. I really hope that a lot of the people who listen today are inspired to try something new, try to reach one more person today with a meaningful message. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're a hungry author and you want to learn more about our community and courses, head over to hungryauthors.com. Remember, 
you have a story and a message worth sharing. And if you've got the hunger, you can make it happen. 